number one mistake. Well, it's funny that you mention it because I don't think it's unique to founders and startups. I see multi-billion dollar companies make this mistake too. Um, it's the focus on new customer acquisition and logos and making promises and going after promises that we probably shouldn't be making and customers that probably aren't a great fit for us, at least right now. Spotlight, your new customer success soundtrack from the heart of Canada, brought to you by CS in Focus. Thank you for joining us today for CS in Focus. And uh, can you tell a bit about yourself and what, you're, what started in you just journey? Yeah, thanks for having me, Emma. This is awesome. I'm looking forward to this. So how I got started, well, I won't bore you with all of the all of the details, but my first official role in customer success was about seven or eight years ago, which was really around the time it was blowing up. Gainsight, you know, probably back then was, you know, 40 or 50 people. And depending on who you believe, I'm not saying they started customer success, but they definitely created the space uh, where we've seen the solutions and the skills they've they've created the conversation and the market as far as i'm concerned i know there's tales of lore from salesforce 20 years ago and and there are those that say customer success is really just account management but i think those of us that are in it don't really believe that and those of us that have seen the evolution see something special happening around when gainsight started really scaling and so that's anyway that's how i got my start and I've had a couple of executive roles in customer success. Earlier in my career, I started my career in consulting for about 15 years, and I just couldn't deal with the travel and when we had young kids. So I took what I thought were really transferable skills uh, that led to customer success. And then I actually rebounded back to consulting where I figured out how to marry these two things. And it's really all been about trying to take everything that I've learned and the painful mistakes I've made and work with other companies and help them avoid those mistakes, move a little faster than I did, get better results than I did. And I'm a firm believer that I'm not the smartest person in the room. The customer will always know more about their market, their problems, their solution than I will. But if we marry those two things together and really genuinely collaborate, then we can come up with some things that neither one of us would have come up with on our own and maybe that nobody's ever come up with. So that's what I enjoy most about it. You mentioned earlier that you work with founders and startups. This is the number one mistake you see all the time. Number one mistake. Well, it's funny that you mention it because I don't think it's unique to founders and startups. I see multi-billion dollar companies make this mistake too. Um, it's the focus on new customer acquisition and logos and making promises and going after promises that we probably shouldn't be making and customers that probably aren't a great fit for us, at least right now. Um, and I've seen that work well. I've been a salesperson. I know, I, I do believe that the Sales ability to push us beyond our comfort zone is what makes com companies grow. It's the thing that takes your growth from 30 or 40% to that next customer that gets us into the next from 10 million to 100 million or 100 million to a half a billion. But how that's done and doing that without 
the thought of how we're going to actually make that customer successful down the road, whether you're going from five customers to 10 or from two to four or from a hundred to a thousand, man, it just seems to be a universal issue that persists in virtually every company that I've ever worked with. So really the, the focus on new customer revenue, I think is the biggest thing. And changing the focus yes. from who will buy this to who can be successful with this in the long term is really the ultimate solution to that problem. You mentioned when so when should companies start thinking about customer success in their business process at the beginning? Yeah. Of course it's easy to say from day one, but realistically that's not going to happen. In the early days, you really need to be focused solely on new customers because that's all you have. You have a runway, you have expectations to meet from investors, stakeholders, eventually a board. So I don't know what the magic number is, but as soon as you've got enough customers where that recurring revenue becomes you know, 20, 30, 40% of your overall revenue, I think that's the time. I see most of the time, People wait until that recurring revenue is half of their customer base. And then, of course, the age-old issue of the leaky boat, right? And hmm. the, the new uh, revenue from customers coming in is just replacing the revenue that's leaking out of the bottom of the boat in terms of churn. So I don't know what that magic threshold is. I wouldn't believe anybody that tells you that they've got it figured out, but sooner rather than later and not on day one, not when you've got 50% of your revenue from recurring customers, but somewhere probably in the middle. Thank you. You you mentioned that um, you work with a lot of companies and do you see a difference between the US and Canadian market, just specifically in customer success? It's interesting. My experiences are probably a little bit biased. I work with clients all around the world. And so there are regional differences, not just between Canada and the U.S. and Europe and Asia. So that's, that's obviously a conversation for another day. From my perspective, what a lot of the, the companies that I work with use Canada as a landing ground for getting into the U.S. So let's cut our teeth in Canada because North America, you know, and that the idea that the U.S. is similar, just 10 times the size. So if we can be successful in Canada, we can get a couple of customers then we can take what we've learned and apply it south of the border. That's actually an okay strategy in some cases, but there are really important nuances. The obvious ones being in uh, healthcare, any, any sort of medical devices where the regulation and the business models are very different between the two. You can, if you can find a way to be successful in Canada, in healthcare, for example, that might not be any indication yeah. that you can replicate of the US or vice versa. So there are some cases where we say, yep, that's a great strategy. In some cases we say, don't waste your time in Canada. If your ultimate, and let's be honest, everybody's ultimate market is the US. That's where the investors want you to go. That's the only way you're going to be able to meet those targets and expectations you set. It's just how long you spend in Canada and what you learn before going there. And sometimes it's don't spend your time here, go right to the US. But usually there's a lot of things we can learn from the Canadian experience that can be valuable as we grow. Oh, thank you. What do you think the future trend of CS that you 
PC right now? You know, that's, yeah, good question. Well, certainly what we're seeing is digital CS. That's the thing that's attracting all of the attention. And so the original flavor of CS was to have a bunch of people, CSMs, and those CSMs might be managing a dozen strategic customers. They might be managing a thousand smaller customers through largely digital one-to-many means, but it was really people-led. And I think what we're seeing because of a lot of the challenges in companies trying to justify their investment in CS is two things, a focus on customer success, having a larger responsibility for revenue and doing it with fewer people, doing more with less, which is nothing particularly new. But I think the that combined with the proliferation of some pretty decent AI tools that allow the CSMs that you do have to be more effective and being very selective about if we're going to get on a Zoom call yes. with a client, does that really have to be an interaction that's like, is it true? Is it, is it a true collaboration back and forth conversation that we're having? Or is this a one-way exchange? Is this a one-to-many thing that can be done through a community or a webinar? And so instead of leading with people and then figuring out how to remove the people and doing it digital, I think it's flipped. I think it's more about how do we support customers digitally and then selectively bring in the people element. So that's that's what I'm seeing. And like anything, Emma, I'm sure you've seen it too. It's just a pendulum. It was all people, then it'll be all digital, and we're going to end up somewhere in the middle like we always do. What do you think the one non-traditional skill we should be aware of? Great question. I don't know if it's non-traditional, but it's something that I didn't appreciate when I was uh, starting out in CS and managing customers. The ability to make sense of the analytics we have. And AI can make that simpler, but it's really the translation back and forth between the solution that we do. We can talk about customer outcomes and KPIs. That's obviously a really big part of it. But how do we take, we've never had more data than we have now. How can we tell a compelling story about the impact that we're making to our customers' business and what they care most about? Storytelling with data, I think, is the most single most valuable skill that CS, not only CSNs need, but leaders need virtually anybody across the organization, but certainly in customer success. I totally agree. You can always make dashboard and have overwhelmed with information, but bringing out insight is more important than ever. You're right, Emma. And how did I learn that? Because I saw somebody do it really well. You know, it's one of those things that's maybe even like public speaking or the first TED talk where you saw and you looked at somebody speaking, that's the way it's done. And so I have sat and I have delivered my share of number heavy presentations with charts and tried to get my point across through all these charts. And when you see somebody that really does it, that starts with the story and crafts it with data, you're never the same. (laughs) And you just reset the bar for every conversation that you have from there on in. Wow. But yeah, that's totally agree. It's kind of interesting. They don't remember how what was discussed, but they remembered the feeling, the mm. 
how you the impression and the message you get at the end. They probably forget all the figures. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way you say that. They'll remember how it. How feels. the first thing they'll remember is how you made them feel. Yeah, how you connect with your customer and through storytelling. Yeah, it's very important. Love it. I'm kind of curious. You mentioned a lot about AI. What AI tools do you use currently that's helping you in the productivity space? I'm still exploring tools. The things that my clients are, and I think everybody is in this, and there are some leaders emerging that are doing some really cool things in this space. But there's a difference between customer success leaders that are looking for AI to make their teams more efficient and productive. Yes. Um, and companies that are exploring AI to actually change the solutions that they're delivering. So let's just focus on the former one of those in the CS. And there's a lot of inefficiencies for anybody that's managed customers. Last time I looked, we did this work with a client of ours and it was probably 40% of their time was spent doing administrative tasks. So you can call that low hanging fruit or quick wins. It's not the cool, sexy stuff that AI is capable of transforming. You know, we've seen the impact on support. We've seen the things, the impact on of AI on support, for example. But most companies are just trying to cut their teeth on making their teams feel more comfortable with AI, get more sophisticated with it and try it out. Can this help me do make better meetings, prepare for meetings, do follow up meetings, scheduling? Some of that's not even AI, but it's forcing us to to better use technology to improve the experience. I think the risk, of course, is that we we put that technology in between those relationships and those conversations that really need to be had. And, and that's where I think the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit. Wow, that's... So it's don't heavily rely on AI like to in remember to put the human touch and have that important conversation as yeah like I, you know i do see i've i've tried this before too what i could get this tool that we're using today and it can spit me out a summary of this conversation and some action items and i could forward that to you later and you're going to know that it was generated by ai and maybe it's accurate, maybe it's not. But what I think customers value about follow-ups and notes and highlights is that you've taken the time to dig to reflect on what they've said. You've summarized those things and you've taken the time to art clearly articulate those action items that are going to keep the conversation going forward. It's yeah. the, the, you can't outsource that. I know technically, and maybe the result on the page is the same thing. It's that the customer needs to feel valued in that conversation that you've taken the time to really reflect on, you know, what we talked about and what needs to happen next. And so that's the risk of relying too heavily on tools to do that for you. Yes. Yeah. And totally agree. And um, we always talk about, even in AI, you have heard of hallucination, right? So you can't mm -hmm. always have to fact check what you put in and really double check. That's kind of one of my concerns when you have those AI tools pulling out insights and things. Always double check what it really happened in a meeting. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Do you have any advice for those who are joining CS right now? 
have lots of people transitioning from sales, from support, and for those who are yeah. called the newcomers. Right. Well, it's a, it's a great question. What I can tell you is what I relied on when I got started and what I see, what I sort of encourage people uh, to do when they're getting started. I do think CS, at least when I got started for sure, was very unique in the sense of community that it had. It had really exploded in popularity. It was sort of looked to as the panacea as largely B2B SaaS companies were looking to grow customers and use that as a way to, to grow. And it was overwhelming and it was confusing and it was noisy. And that has only gotten, I would say worse. The There's so much information and there are some brilliant thought leaders out there. I'm sure you and I follow many of the same people, but how to take all of that and apply it to the problems that you're solving or to even come up with a story about how you can take your skills and support and apply them to a CS role if you're going out and looking to do a change like that. I think that it's that community and hearing stories and connecting with people that help to string all of that information together in something that really means something to you, something that's powerful and a story that you can take out to the market or your customers or your board or your leaders more information is not always better and it's really hard to sift I think community is key to doing that yeah agree uh, what's your favorite book you... well it's probably not cs related although like a lot of people in cs i got one of my favorite books was the original well at least what i think was the original the 10 laws of customer success by nick Meta and lincoln murphy and see i don't want to keep going because i'm going to miss somebody but that was my first cs book and that really changed i think what my very first team i bought it for the team but what i'm i know you and i connected on daniel pink so really love a couple of the books that he's written and i'm also reading a book right now that i'm actually in my very first virtual book club called limitless and it's really about how to use all the the brain power that we have for better memory and focus, et cetera. So really nothing to do with CS, but I'm always super interested in books that help take these concepts and help me get a little bit smarter every day. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Luminous. So one last question. What is the one thought that you want to lead to the audience in the CS community? One thought. What takeaway? One takeaway that you would like the CS and focus community to take Yeah. Away. I take the time to reach out to people and connect with them and hear the stories about the things that they've tried, the things that they have worked for them, and understand the context around those things. I think it helps us feel less alone, less overwhelmed, more empowered and more confident in making decisions, taking recommendations to our leaders, to other people. And it's just a lot more fun. It doesn't have to be overwhelming and lonely. And I felt that myself. And when I felt that way, I took a lot of solace in 
building those relationships and those relationships, some of those started 20 years ago. And I still, those are still the people that I can reach out anytime today. It's about taking the time to build your support circle. And brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. And if you're anything like me, it just doesn't happen by accident. I have to make a concert. I have to build that habit. It doesn't happen by accident. It used to happen when we were all bumping shoulders and standing around the water cooler and those things would happen organically. Now, mm -hmm. at least for me, I need to make a concerted effort to make it happen. Yeah. I'm getting better though, Emma. Well, we are connected and I'm so happy to be speaking with you today. And thank yeah, you for taking the time. Fun. Thank you again, Bob. That's it for today's Spotlight. Wherever we go, we always have CS in focus. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our community at csinfocus.com. If any topics you'd like to explore further, let us know.